0: Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: Welcome to the True Faith Weekly Podcast, sponsored by Phoenix Taxis and Coaches. To book online, please visit www.phoenixtaxis.net.
2: And welcome to the True Faith Weekly Podcast. This week I'm joined uh by Ben. Hello. Sai. And Mike. Evening, hey, chat. Uh we are coming to you strangely this week after a Newcastle massively unexpected Newcastle win against a very good Liverpool side who who we weren't particularly good against us, to be honest. Um Sai, where did it come from? <laughs> who, who fucking knows,
1: like, I don't. I don't know anyone. I don't know anyone that didn't predict uh, anything other than a four or five goal humping
2: Yeah.
1: And I, I was, I, there was a few people made the gag. Oh well, it's Newcastle. We've said all this and we'll win, but this time you didn't really believe that. Like even under Pardew, you thought, oh, we well, can get a result. I don't know. I. Nobody saw this coming. Yeah. No one at all. Um, and I, it's it's. I don't even think we played that much better. We're just like. Tried. We just tried yeah, a bit. we, we just we didn't.
3: did capitulate.
1: It wasn't great. I think. Um, I think, in terms of quality, it was a, it was a crap game. It was a shy game of football. And Liverpool did a favour by Klopp's had a bit of a maze. Made like four or five changes, which he probably shouldn't have changed. Yeah. And he's he's made it a bit easier for us. That said, we just did all the basics. We just we just played like a proper game of football, which happened for three or four games. We made it hard for the other team to to do something, which is the opposite of what we did for Leicester. We made it so easy for them. Yeah, we're the only team
2: since Klopp came in that have outran Liverpool that's mental isn't it outran outran yeah we covered I think I can't remember exactly oh, we, we did what Leicester did we did
1: what Leicester did two weeks ago we, we just chased down everything mm-hmm. we worked hard even Sissoko was putting his weight around Like he's knackering himself out he's going on a run with the ball At this time he's getting back and, and
3: mm-hmm. cutting in um, basically the what we've been calling out for them to do and expecting them to do for ages so, they're frankly they're before people start getting carried away, what should be the
2: bare minimum of yeah, trying hard? Yeah, yeah. Like,
1: we, exactly. we, we made it. We made it hard. When, it wasn't even that. We just we just didn't make it fucking easy for them. Yeah. Like, <laughs> we, like we did the last three games. Um, I thought, as I said before, that I thought also like we can't get a bit too excited. Like, Liverpool were poor. Um, Benteke was shite. I don't know the why did, they put Benteke on. They played in our really. hands
3: with him, just by going along to him. Like I've done it. Someone said. I think it was Doddy actually said after the game, like. He's, he's a hell of a lot faster than Coluccini if they'd have just been playing balls in behind yeah. him would it like Benteke would have beaten at the ball and would have they had the just, pace the, the strength to hold him off
1: if they'd started the game with Sturridge and possibly even Lallana a bit more pace and a bit more flair they, they might have got through it but the way they were playing was just like very like on the floor direct to Benteke and playing in front of our defence which we can kind of deal with yeah we were getting to the second here. balls a lot it, was, um,
3: Anita and Callback. Yeah, we're just picking up everything. Basically, it bounced off Benteke yeah. pretty much.
1: They made them look like an absolute world class midfield once. Was
3: yeah. there was no one anywhere near Benteke either. Like he was, he won basically every head he went up for. Yeah, got to the point where we're just letting him, yeah, like, get the ball and looking for the second ball because it was obvious he was going to win it every time. Yeah, we yeah. just stopped charging for it, but it worked.
1: <laughs> the only player in our defense that was heading balls was uh, Paul Turner, <laughs> showing his centre half credentials again. <laughs> Uh, but I, I mean, where did it come from? Who fucking knows? It's it's a weird one, isn't it? And I'm sure we'll talk about it later with McLaren, but it uh, it doesn't change much. We're still in the relegation zone. I came out the ground buzzing because we haven't had a win, like a proper one. I haven't had that feeling Even after um, after Bournemouth, you just thought, well, that was a bit of a dirty win. Yeah, it was, um, like that one. That one you just felt was, was fully deserved. We worked really hard and you had a kind of sense of positivity again coming out the ground.
2: Um did it last for you because it didn't for me I came out thinking right I'm
3: going out at night like that yeah. was class and then maybe half an hour later I was, good, late, I was just like look at the like,
1: league oh. table and you're like
3: wow yeah don't know it was just Sunday so the Sunday night blues hit pretty quickly like <laughs> I know, I'm, I'm work that. That, that's why you're good at it. yeah
1: no nah, it was class it was class I, I was it, it. I say this every time we'll lose 10 games and win one <laughs> that's why we'll have tickets that's why we'll have season tickets that's why we'll go to the game because of days like that it was
4: mid
2: yeah um, ben does this change anything about
3: McLaren, McLaren? <laughs> McLaren. <laughs> McLaren. <laughs> and have we learnt anything about this Newcastle team um, it doesn't change much about McLaren yet just because we've, we've had these sort of results before well not quite like this but obviously after, Nor- after Norwich we all said that's class um, but we need to build on this we had at the time we were facing two or three of the biggest games coming up against sides down at the bottom against obviously Sunderland and then um Bournemouth. Obviously we beat uh, lost lost to Sunderland, beat Bournemouth with a really poor result and then went and got hammering off um Palace. And it just it it's there's no consistency there. You would we're, we're gonna be fighting in relegation until we get a good run together. Um and I can't I mean as I say, I hope I hope it is the start of something. Hopefully that'll show the players what what as you said, what the bare minimum standard needs to be. Um, players need to be graffing all game and there's, there's people in that team that have been way, way short that actually showed up on Sunday so fair play to them. Um, I think <laughs> in terms of what we've learned about the team it showed that we can can compete at this level when when we, we play as a team and, and we're putting a, a bit of effort and, and play to a plan almost. Sort of. I mean, I suppose it was easier playing that game because it, obviously it was at home but we were the the, the weak, obviously the favourites to, to get hammering sort of the, the game plan was there for, sort of for itself just let Liverpool have the ball um, the thing I liked was we we'll let Skirtle and Lovren have a lot of the ball and Lucas who aren't really going to hurt with and then every time it went into to one of their sort of dangerous players we're, were straight up into the faces and putting pressure on them Anita and Nita and Colbert thought we were good at that and um, in fact, everybody was was doing it. They were working really hard. say was putting himself about, making making a nuisance of himself when the ball was going forward. He wasn't necessarily winning everything, but he was he was making a nuisance of himself. And and Lovren just kept giving gifts like throw-ins where no yeah. one was near him, which, which was know, a big was a big help. Um, so thank you, Lovren, Dejan, <laughs> you legend. Um, and yeah, I just think it just showed there. I think it showed Liverpool's frailties, which everyone knew about. Um but sort of Klopp's the way he's been playing recently it's um sort of he's he's hidden it by the sort of the, the pressing up front and working hard which Ben Techie doesn't really fit into that type of performance. Um, no, I so I think that's good back But anyway, we're going on about Liverpool. Um Newcastle I thought um we're really solid defensively, no one really made any mistakes. We played Ben Techie really well, sort of standing off him, letting him win, win the ball and just picking him off after that. Uh, I thought he was quite isolated so we we, we defended well in terms of the way we we manned that Um, there were were a couple of moments where we got cut open but finally we got some luck Um, the the storage chance in the second half was massive I I don't know who it was basically just one ball through the defence again we've been caught doing that at Swansea Um, and there was another game as well. who was it? it was a game um is it Watford maybe where balls just straight through the middle of the defence, yeah. players getting on the end of it. But it's uh, happened a lot. Yeah, so uh, it's, it's still we've still got issues there, but thankfully we've we've got the look. Reno with, as well. Well, I. But now it was it was a it was a much better performance as you've all just said. There was actual sort of fight there, and and we've got the players that we need to in the right right areas. Sissoko going forward, putting two brilliant balls for the two goals. Um. When them obviously sort of those deep late like, runs and then CM De Jong was absolutely brilliant um, I don't know how he's he's not got a game this season Yeah we're coming on to him next I think you're right um, to say that it hasn't really changed much about McLaren
2: because in my opinion he's not dropped players that, that desperately needed to be dropped and now he's got well, he um, he, the he, he, excuse he, he... not to drop them again yeah. because with Colaccini now I'll, I'll come on to it in a bit I don't think played particularly well he didn't do much wrong but he didn't do much right, in my opinion, and he's now come out of a, a clean sheet against Liverpool, a good Liverpool side, which is gonna, it's just gonna strengthen in McLaren's mind that he should be playing. Where, in my opinion, I don't think he should. Coleback and Anita have had have had a good game, but they've both been awful all season when they've played, mm-hmm. and and frankly should be at least feeling threatened about their positions, and now aren't going to be. Um, I think McLaren has basically just done the same thing. The same thing yesterday as as he's done all season. Did, you, did just... you
1: not hear what he said? Like I think it was this morning um, uh, on Radio Newcastle. He said, um, um, "Well, the team, you know, it's, when they've played well, they've got results. So I just so, thought I'd stick with it." So well, he basically, decided old, that couldn't be put the change <laughs> <laughs> I'll just I'll just try again. I was going <laughs> you know, to say,
3: well, this this team when he's played like Dongs barely played. Come, on, he's I'll, come on I'll, find,
2: I'll find the quotes. Keep talking. About so, but I, anyway, I think he's, I think we've got that win in spite of McLaren, not because of him. Um, and. <laughs> Uh, his his worth is going to be proven against the worst teams in the league so when we play Villa in two weeks time Mm -hmm. Uh, like Everton is is another game that we should be winning at home that's when we'll find out if anything has changed with McLaren not not this one
1: Steve McLaren this team they've got his results when they've played well they've been terrific so I thought let's just stick with that (laughs) (laughs) what's that? Everyone's like crying out for something. He, I like how he
3: was talking about confidence all week, and then that, that's going to do the confidence a lot of good. I, was, I I didn't have anything else did, to say. He did <laughs> put go in, on.
1: And, and he stuck with Cissé which he hadn't before. So he, he did change it a bit.
3: Like, <laughs> <laughs> they've got the results. They've got a 5 1 hammer in against Palace, yeah. mate. That's what they did. Yeah. De young was
2: the one that, it, like, the entire city's been crying out for him yeah. to, get a,
3: to get a sniff.
1: I thought dropping Perez was brave. He hasn't done much recently, and then that was the right thing to do and give De young a
3: fucking game. At the same time, I thought one of my mates uh, made a good point at work, said he. Put, he's dropped the two easiest players to drop. So yeah. It's Mitrovic, who's not really done a lot yet, and he's obviously still still a young lad. He's not yeah. going to be yeah. commanding a place yet. And Perez, who hasn't really done much wrong, but he's he keeps getting put out on the left, and then he's he's just wasted. And it it was an easier decision to drop them two. Whereas all the big characters, who okay, it's a certain when you held them, you do, wouldn't necessarily want to drop because of what they could do. But definitely Conchini, um. Dumb it like there's players in that team that are sort of warranted getting dropped and he didn't drop them. He didn't didn't have the the kahunas yeah to to do it. The is the one, isn't he? He's the captain. That's the ballsy decision that mm-hmm. that a better manager would have made by now. Um, <laughs> I can't believe we've just done Liverpool two 0 at home, and it's the most depressing. Like, <laughs> sort it's just of because of Monday in podcast, we've done. Because yeah. of
1: how, but I mean, yeah, I know. I I don't Yeah, I don't want I to. Th- yeah, as you say, put a down on things. I, I really want to get. Being realistic, I really want well, to really get behind the car, and I'm sick of just being sick, like just hating the manager, hating the club. I really want it to go well and to get behind him. And if you can get something from Spurs and then smash Villa, that's the following week. That's it. I'll be happy. I'll Everything say you know what? forgiven then, isn't it? Yeah. Let's just get get behind for the rest of the season. What we will got to lose, but if we go back to Spurs and, and you know just go revert back, which we all seem to think is probably more likely still. That's definitely going to happen. I've stupidly got tickets for it as well. I'm <laughs> Absolutely dreading it we Get smashed. Then we going to Villa, all nervous again, and we might scrape something or we might draw. Which a draw would be a disaster at yeah. you know, Villa. And it, even then, if we, if we scrape a win there, you're just looking, and we'll still be like near the bottom. You, you, there's nothing i get excited about but if the next two results are positive like really positive and if we really smash Villa which playing like we did yesterday and if you think back to Norwich
2: and who they're, were, they're absolutely Norwich
1: are a slightly better well. team
2: than Villa mm-hmm.
1: if we can absolutely smash Villa then going into Christmas I think I'll be pretty happy that would be
2: class if we batted Villa like, yeah. I'd, I'd, I'd enjoy that yeah it's a dream also my birthday could be a, oh. a cracking oh, day that'll be a hell of a day um, so the next question is about, uh, about Dion why has he not had a start before now doesn't make any sense does it in my opinion, he was the best player on the pitch. Yesterday. Yeah, he was. Well, he did his. He played his part perfectly, which was
1: that's what a number ten's supposed to do. Like he links up the play. Yeah, it's not just give the ball to Perez and hope he can pull off something magic. <laughs> he was like collecting the ball, bringing it down his chest, looking around, laying it off for a pass, doing what like someone in that position should be doing, like bringing other players into the game. Perez doesn't really do that. He becomes like a bit of a solo player. Yeah. He becomes what we made Ben Affleck into, which was like a if we've got nothing on Maverick, he might do it yeah. like. That's not what, not really what he is. There's a
3: couple of times where he sort of did blind passes to nobody,
1: but De Jong. I think
3: De Jong, yeah, like there was a, And it wasn't a just him; was, though, was it was there was a couple of them. Anita played a hilarious ball where he got <laughs> he got the ball and just chipped it into like in the, the nowhere, flank where yeah, there yeah. was nobody in sight when we were in a fairly decent position. But I think it was probably a bit of nervousness, like cause obviously Liverpool's pressing game. But I, I thought deyong put he, he really he was probably the hardest worker. Considering he yeah. had the most grant of sort he, of cover he, yeah, and he did it not, and and he, he held the ball up he was he was sort of using his strength to yeah. outmuscle him and he's, win the ball good, back good, I, I thought he was class. really
1: good with his feet the only thing that worries me is what what's his like <laughs> outstanding thing you he's good he's mm-hmm. really solid he's good on the ball but he's not particularly quick mm-hmm. he doesn't seem to be able to beat a man can't really win the ball he he's head a header. And he hasn't seen the not down. a header. <laughs> he's not a header. <laughs> he doesn't seem to have a shot on him. So like, ah, we him on seventy minutes. I was, was going to say, up. give him. Ah, uh, yeah,
3: but... You don't know that he's not got a shot. I think he's got a decent shot. On I just him. don't a, want to get carried away with him. Yeah, he's a clever player. He's technically very good. He's got yeah. a good, a good uh, touch on him. He's, he can pick a pass, <laughs> he's... and he's, he's deep. His deep runs are really good. We said it at the start ah, of the season, he, he'll build up some form, um, then his lung will fall out again. But thats the thing. I mean, it just—it does beg the question. Why it's taken taken so long to get him in in that yeah. this team where you've you've been starting Vernon Anita and, and Tio Day and Call back ahead of him. by all accounts
1: he was class before signing, so there must be some reason to have him <laughs> Yeah, exactly. you, you saw it, didn't you? He was he's a, he's a good footballer. And we've yeah. got some players on the pitch who aren't, aren't good footballers <laughs> at all. Like...
2: He was the one, wasn't he? That transfer window that the the, the club were more like ex- obviously excited about, about, even you know, though they it's... paid more money for Cabela. They were, they well, were he was he was, big, PR, he was a big
3: he was a big like, he had a big player, reputation he? in in Holland, yeah. obviously
2: they so just thought they'd got a
1: bargain like they yeah. did with everyone, like, oh, well, bar, It was meant prone, to be in a Kabai type, bear, yeah. sort
3: of got him cheap. Yeah. And so hope, hope that we'll got, sell him on for 20 they've million.
1: they've a few million off his price because he's injury prone, just yeah. like we did with Haidara just like Denver Bar. Yeah. Um, it's costly. Santon, a like, we're getting all these players on the cheap, hoping that we can get them through the injuries.
2: Like, <laughs> I wish we still had Santon, by the way. I was thinking about um,
1: yesterday. I wish we had a left back. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't want to fall dumb again, like you, on a game after a game like that. Another clean sheet, you can't really have a good, but he's still not a left back. No, he's not he's... left back,
3: not at all. Next, next. I thought... <laughs> oh, I've <yeah>, gone. <laughs> next, the, the, <laughs> the next thing uh, we've got
2: to discuss. Uh, it does, it does seem harsh to criticise him so much after beating Liverpool at home, but subs were were just an absolute joke. I, they were baffling, weren't they? even considered any of the three subs. The only at all. one, <laughs> the only one I'll give him, which you, you're probably going to shoot us down for it. I'll give
1: him the Goofran sub <laughs> because it, because Anita and Colbeck were both on yellows. Yeah, like I've... we just had no midfield They couldn't make a ta- challenge. You had to put someone in there who was going to graft for 15 minutes. Gouffran's terrible.
3: Gouffran's not a grafter though. That's the annoying thing. Well, I
1: thought he came on and he grafted. Uh,
3: he was he... jogging about. He really annoyed me. There's a bit where the ball got knocked ra- around him and he'd just come on and you expect like you've got it like he basically was out of position Liverpool had a 2-1 against uh, Yama I think it was and yeah. he was just jogging back there you've got to be sprinting back to recover your spot and he was just jogging and he literally just jogged onto the pitch yeah. so it, he fair enough he, he, that's the annoying thing when he first came to the club he was a he did do a lot of running yeah, and he, he put it. in a lot of effort and people like like him and then know, he stopped he had, doing had, that he, he, he stopped draw- doing that and had, he's it somehow
1: ended up with the last 15 minutes with Tovan and Perez on the wings which, mm. which was, was mental Gruffan had to fill in and, and fill the gaps he was doing alright you can't really have it in for the 15 minutes he put in and no. I thought, I thought that sort of made sense. who else are you going to put on because you needed to put someone in midfield who could well, take it, a Bougain potentially that's the
3: thing as well is, yeah I mean that, that, and that's the annoying thing is we've let players go in the summer many a beat. Um mm. that we didn't need to there weren't, weren't big real sort of Wage earners at the club, it'd even someone like Ryan Taylor, could have come in and kicked someone for the last ten minutes. <laughs> yeah. Who? Uh, no, he was sat, he was over. sat in Aspis. in a Christmas jumper and <laughs> white trainers uh, with his whole teammates.
1: With all of the whole whole city squad in aspers before the Newcastle game. Yeah, uh, just in case anyone was
2: interested. Diang <laughs> Diang off for of Paris. I mean. There's another, like, people were saying to me on the way out that I thought young looked tired. I didn't think he looked any no, more tired. I thought than anyone I else. felt really sorry for him getting hold off. Sorry And Perez looked like a little lost boy when he came on, he didn't know what to do. It, it, par- Perez, like he's he's
1: class. Perez is skillful. You might have you might have nicked or something, he might have been able to take the ball, run out of our half, do something. Tovan on the other hand, what the hell is he hiding um, him on? Well for? it's
2: just pointless. He's he's a pointless footballer. He's a he's <laughs> a worse version of, of, of Remy of It's pointless. Yeah.
3: The thing with them, um, the I mean? Apparently, we Went up to the to McLaren, 10 minutes to go, saying like, "Can I come off? I'm knackered." So like, and obviously, as you said there, you just said before, we did more running than Liverpool. Like, we put an absolute shift in. So I've, I don't really blame him for taking players off because obviously that's De Jong's first first start for where in a long time, and the the work rate he put in, he, I'm not wouldn't be surprised if he was knackered. So I don't really, I, I can't really criticise him, but it's just the fact that, as you say. Who who else have we got to bring on for those players They weren't very good subs, but they were fresh players, fresh legs that we need on the pitch, and we just don't have the options at the minute. Mike, yeah.
1: um. <laughs> all right, Mike, are you still here? Yeah, I mean, I
3: had myself on
1: mute. I was, uh, I was
5: talking all the time. I just had
1: myself on mute. <laughs> <laughs> did you did you watch the match on Sky Sports? I did, I did, and I'd i agree with you. With uh, well, certainly from a just point of view, it's a pretty shy game but you did um, you did what you needed to do um,
5: but more, more to the point I was just thinking you've had a couple of false dawns already this season and looking at it and, and, and talking about like that effort that, that you put in which is the reason you won the game be, being the bare minimum it's it's worrying to think that if if you know you can get that for one game but that's what McLaren's been struggling to, to get a hold of and, and get the players to do for the rest of the season so it's more my first thought is really how how? What can he do? How can you can you make that the norm for, for how you play rather than just the exception? Because it's easy to, to get get up get those players up for a, for a game against Liverpool, but the likes of those what, for games at home, those games where you have to try something different, I struggle to see how, how he's gonna how he's gonna raise that level of performance and keep that consistent. Because I think if he if he if he hasn't got that for the for you know the first half of the season. I I can't see why just uh, one game would change that, and uh, and you're suddenly going to bring that into into every
1: other game going forward. Yeah, I I, I agree. I I, I severely doubt that we'll we'll see him do anything that'll achieve that. Um, I think he'll do exactly what he did here and just just put the same lineup out against Tottenham away and say more of the same, lads. You know, a bit like a Sunday league manager might. Or one last week, same again, lads, And, (laughs) and just hope for the best. I don't think he's got it in him to think right. We need to approach this game differently. Or if he does, he'll go
3: back to some sort of daft four-two-three-one with players all over the shop in the wrong positions. The problem is, is I mean, obviously his philosophy is all about sort of possession of football and stuff as well. Though, so he doesn't, he just doesn't have the team at the minute to to be able to pull something like that off. So I think it's obviously it's not a, the club's not really a good fit in terms of the the players we've got don't fit into his system. So I think there is a little bit of that to take into account. He's he's a bit unlucky that he's obviously he's. Well, I suppose he's not unlucky because he's signed up for the job knowing exactly what the um the situation is. Yeah, but a
2: job way above the station. But,
3: level. but Carr isn't getting him the players that he needs for that. I mean Tovan doesn't fit into that system. Um I yeah. mean obviously Winyaldum sort of is, but it's, I don't know, I think Mitrovic as well wouldn't really fit into a possession style team, but he's he's obviously got to get get more out of the players that he's got.
2: Yeah, Mike. Do you think it, do you think the result is more down to us playing well or Liverpool playing badly? Do you think Klopp got it wrong with Bentayga up front? Um, yeah, well, I'd agree
5: with that. He looked isolated, didn't he? Um, but I, I think I think there was a bit of both. It was as you say, wasn't the prettiest of games, but you got in Liverpool spaces, you hassled them, and as I say, given given that time, I think you're spot on. Given that time, to like to Skirtle at the back who and I, I, I don't know how Brendan Rodgers playing the way he supposedly likes to play passing out from the back had those two at centre-back for, for a couple of years because you just give them the time and the ball and, and off the midfield and they can't, they can't start the attacks from there um, so I think I think you did exactly what you had to do in getting their faces but I think Liverpool from a Liverpool's point of view they, they're going to have games like that I mean they're a work in progress aren't they they've been brilliant the last few games on the road um, and I when Klopp's come in but they're He's only been there a couple of months, hasn't he? Two three months. It's going to be a, a fair while until like they get that consistency, um, and he really molds that team into into you know week in week out doing that job. And they're missing a couple of players, I think that showed. Um, but I think that will come. Um, but I think it was a bit of both. They're going to have their off days, and I, and I think you know you, you stepped up and you and you got in their faces, and, and then you got the goals with a, with a little bit of quality from some of your better players, but. I think um, I think, as I say, it's it's probably not those games that you have to worry about so much as it because you think the the likes of the Sissokos and Ronaldo in that game, they'll probably have a bit more a bit more space in games against the bigger teams like Liverpool, and you know be more on top of the
3: game. It's when you have to break a team down, um, which is uh, yeah, that that could could well be a problem. But um, yeah, I, I think uh, I think a bit of both. He um, deserved the win, but. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't say it's a it's a silver bullet. I think just on that, as you say, I mean, you can't really criticise Klopp, obviously in terms of the players he's got. I mean, defensively, as I, I said before, their their li the reliability at the backs, Skirtle's decent. Um and Klein's obviously a young fullback who's is sort of learning his trade still and he's he's a, i think he's gonna be a good player, but he's obviously not the finished article. Moreno got absolutely done far too easily for the second yeah. goal. Um and he he's not really a defender. He, he looks like he's he's more yeah. bothered about going forward. He's an attacking fallback than than he is sort of with his defensive um, responsibilities. And, and then Lovren just an absolute joke. Um, <laughs> so I mean, in, until until they he, he gets his transfer window to, to clean them out, I think they're going to struggle in games when they when they can't play their, their fast paced sort of um, cl- closing down game where they the basically attack the the defend from the front. Um, obviously, we are yeah. sort of. We're, we managed to hang on long enough to sort of break break down the spirit, I guess, and and they, they didn't they didn't play up to their potential. Um, but once we got through that, we, we had opportunities to to run at the back four and, and sort of make the back four do something. As I said before, we were making Lucas Lovren and Skirtle carry the ball out, which is is what you want to do. there they're not gonna do do anything to to hurt anyone, and it's it's just I think that's sort of the the blueprint for playing Liverpool at the minute is is let those three players sort of to try and dictate the play. Um I mean they'll as I said that they had an off day. They, they had their chances where all it took was one or two of those goals and I think we we would have got very nervous and and probably done a, what we did against Chelsea and, and dropped points but, but at the same time I think we, we were solid enough we deserved to get something out of the game so um, it was a good good result. Yeah,
2: I agree with all of that. Final point on Liverpool since when has Joe Allen had that hair and beard combo <laughs> like, I'm sure the last time I saw him was a short back and I think so. I saw I can't, I can't remember who it was but someone someone wrote in one of the match reports today, just like basically thought he was perlough and it's just like he's not yeah.
5: <laughs> he's got a beard and playing deep line in midfield but nah just, yeah. I think he just he just plays a five yard square ball all the time doesn't he you don't have yeah. to be do anything progressive
2: in a game I totally agree with that I think he's massively massively overrated and and always has been. He was a good player for Swansea. He, he's never, he's never, in my opinion, be good enough <laughs> to step up a team like that. But that
3: like, put it into perspective. He didn't sort of particularly outplay Leon Britton, who can't kind of get a kick at uh, Swansea at the minute. <laughs> yeah. He was that type of player, wasn't he really? But yeah. Uh, and he, he just needs to. He needs to have a look in the mirror when he gets in, a look at his stupid hair and
2: beard. It's an absolute disgrace. Um uh, it's not a bad look, Mickey. Oh, no, I I agree, but he, from the stands, it just looked like a whole head of hair. Like his whole head was covered in hair.
1: Everyone on this podcast right now is sporting a decent, a decent
2: <laughs> facial hair. Like, yeah. Uh, to sum up, Newcastle Dodds has asked me to do some player ratings, which I did for a little while like months ago. So I've done them about twenty minutes ago. So feel free to pull us up on this. I'm going to try and just myself a little bit, but I might be wrong. I've, I've given Elliot a seven didn't really have anything to do didn't do anything wrong in particular I was going to say that's very high for (laughs) for, as you said he had nothing to do
3: he did well, he did. And six, I think. Well, you couldn't.
1: This is Rob Elliott. Who, after seventy minutes, he had his fullbacks taking his goal kicks. Yeah, and he's <laughs> hoing the ball at the halfway is, yes, It's yeah, really I'm weird. A,
3: like. I'm a massive fan of the long distance. <laughs> yeah. so, I'll tell you what, like, Gomez has uh, made it work from this season, so he's he probably doing well. He's just, he's just in. a he constant. Just
1: at the start of the season, I Gomez, I, mean. I was buzzing. Yeah. Yeah. Elliott's just a constant source of like worry, <laughs> like when the ball goes near him and stuff. I mean, yeah, he did not wrong. He came yeah. out and collected most things. And
3: as I said, though, he, he did get lobbed on his line for the. The controversial oh, was, yeah. The game, yeah, yeah, which such a good goal That's
1: rubbish from a watcher, Elliot's rubbish. He just sort of like flops, gets no one near the ball,
3: doesn't really get to the, oh man. He's not in a brilliant position for either. He he's not He's not it having it a well.
1: seven, Mickey. He's not having a 7 i I'll let you,
3: I'll we'll let <laughs> we'll give him a six. As but you I said, six. Who's,
1: who's
2: oh. yeah, Matt, I've given a seven. I don't think he made any particular mistakes, but he doesn't. He still doesn't look
3: like he actually knows how to defend. <laughs> uh, I like how you started off. You're given two very good ratings of seven for two plays, and you said they didn't actually do anything. A seven's kind of my average point yeah. Really, I would have said
2: a six is it? A... I know, but we're, like we won against Liverpool, so right, I've, God, I've, everyone gets a piece of the rating. Yeah, <laughs> um, fair play. The thing for Yan Matt is he didn't really have that much defend to do because they just targeted Dummett with Ibe. Yeah, who I'll, I'll come on. Do Collegini I've given a six. He didn't win a single header. He, he just looked really shaky I think I think he's been lucky that he came up against uh, against Benteke rather than Sturridge or Origi you had
1: Benteke on the floor he never really got beaten and he was he was cutting out a lot of passes and interceptions I think six is harsh for Colachini you're <laughs> wrong Mickey you're wrong
2: <laughs> i have given an eighth I thought he was, oh, he was I thought he was excellent he didn't win a header against Mbemba either but he's only 5 foot 11 or something so Benteke you mean he's got no chance he didn't beat himself in the air yeah so he didn't beat Benteke um I think he looks excellent. He looks excellent with the ball as well. Dummett, I've I've given a, what I feel like is a harsh six because I thought i just skinned him a lot. No he did. About he, it. he did. And if I had been ha- having a good game, I think they would have scored from some of those. So.
1: What was annoying me about Paul Dummett um, is something that uh, Stephen Taylor used to do for years, which was he'd kind of have the def the the, the, the well he had I running wards and basically most of the time, and he'd retreat thirty yards. Before yeah. Danny doing Simpson anything, Dani Simpson did that as well. Danny yeah, and and then let them do the cross. You let them make the cross. Either you close them down and he beats you, which is a matter. But you just to do something to stop the cross. Just just stand up. Yeah. But instead he sort of, he retreats thirty yards. He lets them into the box, and then they still make the cross. Like that's a, that's shite full back.
2: That's yeah. rubbish. I said to my dad at the game, I I, f- I feel dead sorry for him because he's like he's not a left back and he's marking. In the last two weeks he's had to mark like Balassi and Zaha, oh, and yes. then Jordan I like just getting yeah, these rapid like rapid little players run at him and as a centre half you don't actually get that that much like you sorry, yeah. I really feel for him what I said to my dad was I bet he was
3: dreading this after how, how bad he was against Palace <laughs> um, he's been hung out dry a dry little bit isn't he but I suppose the problem is he's having a good job because there's not really anyone else
2: yeah uh, callback I've given a six I don't think he really did very much I think a really stupid broken early on just took him out of the game Uh like to, to be honest I think that's harsh fair
1: So
3: the callback was alright to be fair um, I think we, we've missed him before now he wasn't obviously
2: he wasn't
1: he's really
3: what I like is and what we miss when he's not there is he's happy to receive the ball anywhere and he won't really lose it yeah
1: and he, he just he keeps. I thought I thought the game was won in midfield myself I mean and, and you're going to move on to Unita, uh you're probably going to give him um Something, something generous. I've
2: given him, I've given him a seven. Yeah, uh, I thought he was I thought, better I th- on the ball than Coback. I thought he was, more, he was running around the pitch more than back He mm-hmm. seemed to be putting in more challenges than Coback. Yeah, his booking came a lot later though. It's easier to be putting in challenges uh, when you when you're not booked because you know are not. Soft soft. His, was, it his well. was his was rubbish as all that, Anita's Yeah, was it disgraceful booking? Never oh, yellow. Anita's was a, a definite, definite yellow card. Really, just like he's super percent. Sort of
3: didn't really step on the back of his foot or whatever, but. It was a soft one, I thought. I thought it was definitely a yellow card. He was really yeah. late. I, I, I was going to say, it's the kind of bugging oh, that you don't get when you're not really I'm trying not, I, might, to I might be mixing them up There was a know.
1: callbacks bugging then that was
3: a mess. Oh, yeah, one way do just just to on the factory's foot. Aye, factual inaccuracies is what we do best. Yeah, I need to like, clatter someone in the middle of the pitch really late. Oh no, he did. I sorry, I remember it. But you don't, you don't get the booked for a really soft one.
2: It wasn't Anita. You don't get the booking that Anita got without really like putting the graft in as much as you can. So I wasn't yeah, too yeah. upset with that one. Sassouko, mm-hmm. so I've also given a seven. Uh, I thought defensively, he was miles better than he has been. He was tracking his man most of the time, most of the time, which which for Sissoko is excellent. He created two goals. Seven's probably quite harsh for him, but as you know, I fucking hate him, so <laughs> that's all you're getting. Wynjaldem, well, I've get, given. If you get two assists on footy, man, you're not getting a seven. Now <laughs> you holding a seven. Uh, Wynjaldem, nine, he took. A, his second goal was a really classy finish. Yeah, brilliant. Uh, first, one, it? One, first one, he's, he's done well to get the shot in. It was going wide. It was an own goal, but mm-hmm. we're the in fans, so we'll give it to him. Lovren thank you very much. And Skirtle. Yeah. De Jong, I've given an ace. Despite having said he was the best player on the pitch, Wynjaldem has to get higher mark because he got both goals. Which is, is stupid, but that's just the he's way it is. The game, I thought De Jong was was excellent. I thought he was really really good and really clever on the ball. He's moving around the pitch well. He's strong. and he, he worked really hard, and I was I was gutted to see him come off. I thought he deserved to stay on and get the applause at the end. Yeah, so he's basically given the team sevens
1: and sixes in yeah. a couple of uh... a couple of bad
2: ones. Yeah, CCA yeah. um, so have given a six.
3: He worked hard, but he. Didn't really do anything good. I think I think we'll have a think about that feature in future. <laughs> I, would say, I would say six for Tisa is harsh, given I think he worked really hard. He did, um, but he didn't. and he and he caused them a lot of problems to the point where it kept them and we were nervous, and it kept them uneasy. And that we won a couple of throw-ins from absolutely nothing um, that kept work in the right end of the pitch, and it, yeah. it helped the defense out. I thought Tisa was good for, he, for he the. He kept working, and he, he he's not. I mean, he's he's not a brilliant player, but he. He, he was holding the ball up and just making use of himself. I thought he put himself about really well, and I, I think yeah. he would deserve the seven for, for how
1: unsuitable he is for the yeah. for the lone striker role. I thought he did a really yeah. good
2: job. Like, yeah. That's fair. His only chance when we oh, me yeah. and Ben just watched it just before this. Like he hasn't fouled him, but what a miss! He was like three mm-hmm. yards out, mm-hmm. yeah, and he, he's put it a good two yards
3: wide. He shouldn't have cut in. If if he'd just kept him on the outside, Skirtle's not the quickest of players. I'm talking about the other one. I'm talking about
2: the one where he gave the foul in the box, and then he just plays it away with his with his left foot. That, oh that yeah, That was also yeah. a really good chance, and he's just he gave just a like free f- kick for that did
3: Yeah, from absolutely nothing. Mm. He has he's a good foot away from the player. I don't know what he's been given given anything for, but yeah, just that was a him. massive chance. I couldn't believe that that uh, he, he missed the target on that one.
2: Yeah. So all in all, my ratings were pretty much wrong. Um, <laughs> I'll give you some more next week. We'll be back after this short break with. The famous Dogger's Game. Alright, so it's it's Dogger's Game. The first, I'm going to do two of these this week. The first one, Dodds has sent me via WhatsApp. And frankly, it just makes no sense. Or so, oh, oh, another alternative messaging. Oh. He's lost his voice
1: <laughs> and his ability to send... Send messages.
2: Send, is that what you're sensible, saying? sensible WhatsApps. yeah So, remember the rules are: um, I'm going to read out a list of facts about a player who has played for Newcastle. You can't guess until after the first two clues, and um, what's the last one? One guess each. One guess each per round. I was born on May the 23rd, 1976. I also think that this guy has been used before for this game.
1: Cool.
2: I am five foot nine inches tall. I won the 1995 League Cup in my domestic league. The most prolific period of my career was at NUFC, getting seven goals in 42 appearances. Get Lovincranz. Compared to a career average of three goals in almost 400 games. That doesn't make any sense. Not Lovincranz. It's not Lovincranz, no. But I think he means here is he got seven and forty-two. He normally got three goals a season. Average three goals a season, yeah. over four right. played four hundred games. Good one, Dogger. Keep him coming. So uh, despite almost hundred games played in the Premier League, I was only ever given one Scotland cap. And at the time, go, yeah. Scotland were even worse than they are now. Not correct. Scored a memorable equaliser at St James' Park against Man United in a one one draw. Andreas
1: anderson no scottish oh scottish stephen
2: glass <laughs> stephen glass is correct yeah there was only really that one clue that didn't make sense now i've read it again but it was i, I don't know you
1: understood it immediately like i know it was probably poorly written <laughs>
2: yeah, so i'm gonna i'm gonna do Sorry, i don't think he's been used before though no i think he has no
3: i feel like he has if anyone wants to let us know if they yeah, remember i was it. gonna say anyway this is a great great segment yeah have oh, you done your own Doggers game the second Doggers game
2: yeah I was born on the 31st of July 1981 and I'm 6 foot 1 I bet you everybody thinks that he was more than 6 foot 1 as well I <laughs> right sc- <laughs> I scored 17 goals in 375 games in my career including 7 for Newcastle oh, and 1 memorable volley I signed for Newcastle for 6 million pounds in 2002 oh, cool. and left on a free transfer no I was voted Bramble. the worst yeah that's right yeah Bramble yeah right, it's Bramble who was the
5: volley against
2: I can't remember I just remember he scored a- I remember the volley I remember seeing it and thinking like as if Titus Bramble's just done that didn't he score an overhead kick against Chelsea as well yeah it? he did Uh the rest of the clues I was voted the worst player in the Premier League in 2003-4 <laughs> my brother played in national football for Montserrat I have been linked to numerous sexual scandals <laughs> 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 <including> Allegedly, <laughs> <ones> Alleg- <laughs> including one <laughs> with <my bullet> a <laughs> link to, and I was sent off for Sunday Nits and St James's. Right, nice. so yeah. uh, that was Dogger's game. I'm actually going to give it to you this week, Mickey. Your game was better than Dogger's game. Yeah,
5: well done.
2: Ah, <laughs> oh, that's made me feel so good. <laughs> right um now. I also have Dogger's Listener Challenge. Oh, here we again. Oh God. So Mike's chomping them a bit on. to give us his uh, Premier League review. I will tell you the answers, the answer to this at the end, if you haven't already got it. Name the former Premier League player to share a surname with one of his former clubs.
3: Karen, is, this is the list one, not it? We're
2: not meant to. Oh, we're not meant to answer? Oh, I don't know. Name the what? Name the former Premier League player to share a surname with one of his former clubs. I don't know the answer, so I was going to text us for it so we may give you the answer at the end of the quiz Stephen Newcastle United
3: (laughs) we may not well we'll leave that one uh, just pondering there Uh, we'll be back with the Premier League section right so just to clarify
2: the listener challenge obviously by name is for the listeners so we're not going to we're not going to tell you the answer in the show we're not going to have a guess it's just for you so tweet us if you know the answer. At TF Weekly Pod is it TF Weekly Pod or TF yeah. Weekly Podcast? TF Weekly Pod. TF Weekly Pod. Uh, so now we come to the the section that we normally enjoy much more, uh, the Premier League section. Mike, there's quite a, quite a lot going on at the minute. First of all, we want to talk about Stoke. Yeah, there, we talk about Stoke. I think we we talk about
5: the likes of Arsenal every week and Chelsea every week and all we can say it's, uh, it's getting a bit tedious I think now but I, I thought Stoke actually for once they, were, they, they looked excellent just saw the highlights against City at the weekend but they looked like they absolutely hammered them. Um, and it's just, just looking at it, I know there's a lot of talk now about about Mark Hughes and, and supposedly the way that he's turned around their style of football and a lot of talk about those Barcelona players they've got playing for them now and the Champions League winners they've got in their team who absolutely barely played a game in those Champions League campaigns but if you look at Stoke before Saturday's game, they're actually the lowest scorers in the whole league. Um, Are they really? Yeah. Lowest score in the whole league. They, they got four out of the five wins this season. to be 1-0. They'll be brilliant defensively. You know, but then obviously coming in for a lot of praise. Um, and, and when Shawcross has been playing, they, they they'd be really flat. But before before then, they're uh, yeah, they, they the the lowest scorers in division um, before City. But a couple of reasons it could be. Now, I, I don't think Hughes has, has completely, drastically changed it, their, their football as, as much as, as may be portrayed, but I think that that game against Sydney was the first time they had that quartet playing all fit together, so we've got an about up Front and the likes of and um, Bojan and Shaqiri, who looked fun, um, playing it behind them. They've had a few injuries, Shaqiri settling into a new club, he's been injured for about the past year before we joined Stoke really, and and Bojan coming back from a long injury, so it could well be you know that they were just they, they they were just holding off and doing what they could do to get points out of games without those key players, and not. they've got that base to build on, and they're coming back to fitness and sport. but I, I thought they looked absolutely fantastic, um, to be, to be perfectly honest. And I, I know you guys played against them earlier on in the season uh, with that nil nil. I think Jack Butler pretty pretty much earned them the points up there but given how expansive they were against City and how exciting and dynamic they were did you from that Stokes team that you saw up at,
2: at St James's a month or two ago did you think they had that in them at all? Not even remotely not even remotely I uh, thought Chagalli was, was absolutely class from what I've seen um, then, <laughs> and Sto- I didn't
3: think they'd have a chance but their best players are absolutely amazing No I said,
2: did the did the thing
3: had it in them no I didn't uh, Chagalli
2: and no of it just looked like they've been playing together for 10 years. Uh we got we got nothing like that kind of oh, a when City. they were Sorry. when they were against us. Yeah, not even not even
3: remotely like
2: that. It was like watching a completely different team.
3: They I think as well they they I don't know, I mean against us, they, I mean obviously how poor we were as well, they just didn't turn up. Um <laughs> I think Butlin basically got them the points, but uh they've they've got some really quality players there. That could could be really really good. I mean, shakiri as he said, is absolutely classy. He's he's like the type of player that you could see just completely tearing teams apart at given space, which I think you'll get at Stoke. Um, on out of which obviously has been been doing it for them. He's looked really good, and then they've got the likes of Affolym and Bojan to come in. Um, and I think they've just got they've got options there, which is something we'd absolutely love. Um, and they've all got players that are contributing in the, the wrong form at the minute. So I think the he's done really well to attract those types of players to Stoke because i mean obviously they're probably getting paid a lot of money but you wouldn't have necessarily seen any of those types of players sort of going there in the past so i think you've got to give credit to Hughes for, for being able to sort of pull pull those deals off yeah i think so and
5: that probably goes back to his, his reputation of as a, as a player to a certain extent but i think i think Shakiri in particular is probably one you look at the time actually takes a player to settle in there a lot of times big players come in and, and you expect them straight away if they've not done it within four or five weeks people are writing them off but if you think that the injuries he's had and not played a lot at Inter uh, in the year before he joined Stoker it just seems to be starting to come together for them now the problem will be that um, I can't necessarily see the likes of Arnaltovich getting himself up for a, a Watford at home a Watford away game as much as Man City so I think for, the, for those sorts of players, it's going to be how Hughes gets out of them week in, week out. But if they can allow that to, to their defensive record this season, they, they, they certainly got a chance. We say that the league's not great, is it, if you look at it. Uh, so, they've easily got a chance of top eight, possibly knocking on the door of top six, if they, if they, if they keep things going. But it's that, that's so, going to be the problem.
2: Yeah. Do you think they'll be able to keep hold of those players at the end of the season, though? Surely... If if he, I mean it's only one game, but if Shaktery keeps playing like he did at the weekend surely there's gonna be bigger teams than Stokes sniffing around and anyone um, and anyone yeah, in the right is sure, gonna wanna jump I'm sure he probably Stokes. went
5: there thinking that, didn't he? Really he didn't really have a look at in Inter and he just needed to get himself back playing football and, and back in the public eye so to speak again. So, um, yeah, you wouldn't be surprised. If you can keep that for a year and and they stay injury-free, you would be surprised. But I think if you look at a lot of those players, a lot of injuries and and certain inconsistencies have meant they've not really been able to stick it at a top club um, for a a long period of time. So, time will tell. And if Stoke can do that every week, every other week, um, then, then they'll have a chance. But, yeah, I think that consistency
3: is going to be the problem, isn't it, for them? You could say it about any of them. I don't think any of them have gone there thinking Stoke. This is where I want to be for the the rest nah. of their career. They're obviously seeing it as a chance to rebuild their stock and show that they can uh, sort of play in the Premier League and maybe he's to it a bit before maybe going on to getting one of the, the big sort of big moves to one of the clubs. I mean, you could see Shakiri being the type of player that Klopp might sort of look to bring at Liverpool. Just think he would fit in well with that team of Coutinho and Delara nah. and the likes of that. So it would be be interesting to see sort of how long they can keep them. Altogether, but obviously for for Stoke fans, you just gotta enjoy it while you've got them. Yeah,
5: yeah, I think yeah, you just gotta appreciate that that's uh, that's the case, and, and no, your position as a club, unfortunately, I think, don't you, and just enjoy it, enjoy it while you can. Um, but 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 talking of that enterprising attacking style of play, I thought we'd look at a bit of some some comments that Ronald Koeman was making the weekend, and um, joining in the the general clock loving. Um, I, I'm not sure exactly how it came up um, but, but basically uh, praising Klopp for, for the attacking style he brings to, to the team and Cumin came out and said that none of the other big the likes of Arsenal um, in that as well um, none of the other big clubs dare to play real attacking football um, and, and that Klopp's pretty much you know, you the only goes out of his way to do that now thinking about that that statement as it is in the Premier League at the moment I think there's merit in teams like we've seen Chelsea win titles before you know not playing the most free-flowing attacking football like, and solid um, and there are a lot of dangerous counter-attacking teams out there in a division that if you, a lot of teams just go out and attack picked off at home but it got me thinking really which is why I think it's a, it's a bit of a shame we missed a bit of an open goal for Dodgy here about uh, mister Van Halle at United and the difference between uh, a good team that can win titles but play Tightly and defensively, like Chelsea were under under Mourinho um, in, in his first spell and, and even last season, and then a team like what United are doing at the moment, where they just keep possession for possession's sake, but they still don't control games. So that if you look at a, so many times, the first forty-five minutes is, is just turgid. We saw against West Ham again; they don't pull teams out of position, they don't make them change their game plan. They're very sedate sort of style of football that, that, that can be combated really easily by a team um, and I think at that point Koeman has a certain point but it's it's all about horses of courses you can play as a team you can play defensive football really um, I think as United are doing at the moment but like a Chelsea um, you, you, you can play it to great effect and it, and it got me really thinking about whether those big teams regardless of, of how it works for them if they actually have a duty to play attacking football I think we've touched on it a few times before but but whether you think that a big team spending shed loads of money has a duty to entertain people and go out or they should just be focused on at all costs
2: getting a win 30 odd 1-0 wins uh, a season what do you think? It just depends what you're after I mean from in my personal opinion if Newcastle were to set out if we, if we were a decent side where we had the choice of winning 1-0 or, or trying to play attacking football I would always choose attacking football because I, I don't necessarily go to the football to win Like obviously it's nice but it's supposed to be an entertainment sport the, by far and away my best times as a Toon fan have been obviously when we've been winning at the same time but it's been when we've been playing good footy like the Robson years
3: when we were class and we were fast going forward you can take defeats easier when you've played well and like, the opposition team it's been sort of yeah outgunned you but when you scrap it and scrape 1-0 no wins and then you, <laughs> us, you get yeah. beaten that way it's yeah. tough the two, isn't
2: it? if I was a Chelsea fan I, w- I would have been upset at the way they, that my team had won the league last year I, I mean I would still have been delighted that would run the league but if you're going and watching just de- like defensively solid football as much as I like to watch defensively solid football as a defender myself it it's dull and 38 games of it is boring so no, I think I think they've certainly got a duty to their own fans, but they haven't. The teams like Chelsea and Man City and whoever else you want to put in that bracket certainly don't have a duty to, to football as a game to play in any certain style.
3: If they think they can win the league by doing otherwise, and, then that's their choice. I suppose as well. You talk. I mean, me and Doddy were talking about it at the weekend when you're charging sixty-two quid to then go and yeah. see your team put ten men behind the ball and pot the bus on the rest of it. It's a bit of a slap in the face. Um, also, I think you were talking about Chelsea there. They they didn't need to uh, sort of be as defensive and solid as the way all season. They basically ran away with the title. They'd won it months before the end. They had they had ample opportunities to try different things and try and be a bit more expansive and, and attempt sort of different formations and, and blood people in. But you just didn't didn't take that opportunity, and they they just played the same way all season. Okay, it, it worked. They won the, the title at a canter, but. You just feel like that was the opportunity to sort of maybe take some risks and try some something different. But obviously, Mourinho thought better. Yeah.
1: I can't really imagine any Chelsea or City fans complaining, though, can you? You know, no. it, it, at the end of the day, they're paying their sixty-two quid a week for 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 expensive tickets for the bragging rights. That's why they're fans of such clubs. <laughs> it must be nice. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I think I think there is a merit in when. Like, if you think of the, the classic Chelsea
5: teams, with the joggers and what have you, they, they were solid defensively. Once they get ahead, you, you can break them. They were direct and had that kind of a bit of excitement about them when, when they kicked on attacking wise. And I just think there's easy to, to slip into thinking that that sort of team is the same sort of style as the Man United team now. Different. There's a, there's a big difference, I think, between the, the kind of the tedium and, and just the, the, the negativity that. that United play with and, and the ability that, that a Chelsea team of that like had to to actually control a game, um, it, just keeping the ball around around the back four and, and, and knocking about with three kind of holding centre uh, is, is, is a different case um, altogether. But I think I think we've done them and uh, we'll, uh, we'll we'll let we'll let Van hal another week and, uh, yeah. and, and, and indulge himself. I'm sure he, I'm sure he's kicking off as we speak, just talking to himself. <laughs> And then I think just last but not least, you know, it's obviously breathing a massive sigh of relief after after the win at the weekend. But they're just looking at the uh, the relegation uh, the relegation battle now, obviously Bournemouth got an unexpected or well, I don't know, if a, an away win for anyone at Chelsea is unexpected now. But <laughs> I people were calling it that before the game, um, and, and and obviously um, yourselves getting a big win against against Liverpool just bring in bringing uh, bringing in, in the, the bottom. The bottom Apart from Villa, I'm a bit again. So I just had a, a start to have a listen back at our uh, our predictions. Really, at the beginning of the season, and uh, there are a few shockers in there. And um, to, to be perfectly honest, I think most of us called Leicester to go straight down. I
3: certainly did. <laughs> did we? Um, I had I had Leicester down the bottom somewhere. I think. <laughs> I had I had down the bottom and um, and
5: uh, and yeah absolutely panned
3: Ranieri <laughs> being appointed. Um, I don't think I had them go down, really but I down definitely well. I definitely had them in the bottom five or something. But uh, yeah, and,
5: and, and supposedly none of us had Chelsea down there. I think size words were yeah Chelsea will win it. I don't think you'll find anyone who will argue with that, and we all backed him up. So hands up there. But I just think looking at the actual teams that are, that are down there now, I'm gonna have to revise. Um, decision. I think I think we all called Villa to go down and I don't think there's anything that they've done, certainly not even this week, but, but in the last couple a change from that. But I've got a horrible feeling about Sunderland that you have as well, but Sam Allardyce is just starting to to, to to tick away and it's ugly, but he knows how to get teams out of it. And I called them to go down at the beginning of the season. I still did a few weeks ago even after Allardyce had come in, but Signs starting to show that they're, they're finding the results and, and they're creating quite a few chances against Arsenal from um, for, for looking at the highlights. Um, and, uh, and I've just got a feeling they're going to find a way out, which with Villa down there, you've got to think Bournemouth will stay down there as well. And then there's a, there's another space I to grab, so yourselves will be knocking around there, I should imagine, coming in. And then you've got the likes of Norwich and, a, and a Swansea that could get dragged into it as well.
1: Don't forget so, Chelsea. Oh. So of course, of, uh,
5: of course uh, there'll be a no I don't want to make any more predictions like Brentford going down like last <laughs> around that so you just watch Chelsea just drop like a stone I'm sure
3: but next season Mike can you do us a favour and predict Newcastle will get relegated we'll probably win the league <laughs> Yeah, I can't believe well, that I'll
5: see, I'll see what we can do but I, I don't know what you think now about obviously we, we've talked about yourself quite a lot but certainly those teams in and around you now I think I think Bournemouth will lack lack the firepower to stay up to be perfectly honest uh, I know the, the game when you when you when you robbed them away from home they, they didn't really get off you that much for the, for the position they had in the final third they should have created more clear cuts on I think they lack that cutting edge to stay up I think Villa are definitely down there's no coherent structure to their team their squad character organisation you name it there's nothing there that you could really hang your hat on to stay up. And then I think it's it's going to be one of the likes of a, a Norwich or even possibly a Swansea um, it, it, if things continue to go out there and hold on to Gary Monk. Um, I don't know how you, you rate yourselves against down there, the likes of a Norwich, the likes of a Bournemouth. Um, do, do you see yourself head and shoulders above those guys or are you. Are you, uh, you you're worried they could pull out a run and and, and and stay up because I know quite a few of us thought Norwich would
2: stay up at the beginning of the season in particular. Yeah, not not by any stretch of the imagination do I think we're anywhere anywhere near ahead of any of these teams. Uh, I think we're we're going to be right in the mix for a relegation fight till the very end of the season. I completely agree with you about Villa and Bournemouth and Sunderland. We were talking about it I think on the radio show on Friday that Allardyce is just going to do enough it's going to be absolutely minging to watch they're going to be a disgraceful team again they'll probably finish with less than 40 points again but they'll stay up and it, it's just awful it's awful um, and then as you say it's probably going to be between us Sunderland will be in the mix but I don't think they'll go down it's us Norwich Swansea yeah it's, it's a tough one I think and possibly someone that plummet like maybe Watford we all yeah. have Watford that like to go down apart from Dodds who had them 10th I think so he's delighted about that <laughs> yeah, yeah I think 10th or 11th slash
1: pushing for a Europa League at some point. <laughs> yeah, and the, and <laughs> they're sitting comfortably in 10th right now so yeah. we'll see um, yeah I think I think the results this weekend were kind of a reminder that the Premier League is, is quite a hard league this season there's people just just to coin like a, a Roy Hodgson phrase anyone can beat anyone at the minute but it's it, actually true like
3: so Bournemouth. Specific, uh, Roy Hodgson. Is Hodgson? Did, did Roy Hodgson, was he the first one to coin
1: that one? Hodgson used to pull that out all the time at Liverpool. He's just like, oh yeah. yeah. Oh, <laughs> well, well why did you lose, Roy? Anyway? Well, anyone can beat anyone in this league. He's just like, it's, it's kind of loser's talk, but yeah. <laughs> um, you know, obviously Leicester smashing everyone. Um, you've got Palace and West Ham up there just keep getting points. And then you've got Bournemouth at the weekend. I know, I know it's Chelsea, but an you know, away win at Chelsea is still like no mean feat. Um, we just beat Liverpool. No one saw that coming, like. People are just, like, pulling pulling points out of games that they shouldn't be. And the Premier League's so tight this year. I mean, there's a, as you say, that anyone out of that bottom six, maybe maybe seven if you want to include Chelsea, could, could, could go down. Villa Villamod done four. Bournemouth are still above us and Sunderland. And, you know, yeah, I think you're, you're right, Mike, that they're probably the most likely out of the next lot to go down.
2: Didn't Bournemouth get most of their points before they got injuries to yeah uh, yeah and, yeah, and is, they're
1: so. not they're not gonna go and spend another thirty forty million to make sure they stay up. They're just not that just not quick. Up, whereas we might do that, we might go and buy a few more players to yeah. to to do it um but what, it's, it's the a, th- sorry, it's such a hard league, and I think that Newcastle have totally underestimated that they've gone all right we'll just we'll just limp in the season with with one left back or one full back in the squad <laughs> we we'll, if Tim quill gets injured, Rob Elliott will do these these decisions are based on the fact that they thought would just be okay they've not looked at the rest of the league and, and the quality that is there like all these teams like Stoke like they're, they're good sides now and you just obviously thought that like like last year in the year before we'll just we'll limp on by picking up results against like the, the supposed bad teams in the league and there's just not enough of them to get points off these
2: days yeah what a delight that filler are the only bet better to go down yeah last day we've got them last day of the season we're and, definitely going you know, or last away game that's going to be it could be the, the best day of our lives so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, just finally, Mike. How's Ipswich getting on?
5: We're taking we're taking over another competitive league, so we're, yeah, we're
1: just outside the playoffs now. Lost a bit this weekend. <laughs> Every year. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, we,
5: we're, it's just a home form at the moment. We, we've drawn six out of the last seven at at home, so we're we're we're
3: talking a bit to, to to break teams down and get it over the line, looking a, a lot better. You know, All right, you uh, All suited away from home at the moment, but.
5: But
4: yeah, no, no,
2: we're a bit of an upturn, and I think if we're in the round, the the, the playoff fifth, sixth place again this season, I'll be pretty happy with that.
5: Yeah. lofty aims,
2: lofty ambitions. <laughs> well, it
5: could be us
2: in the uh, in there with you next year, like. If... Oh yeah, I look forward to it. We'll be seeing you there. <laughs> yeah. so I seem to remember last time in the championship. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, it
5: was a
0: good game. I
2: watched that in the pub in Leeds. Oh, Can't I'm remember sure why. It was great. Um, so yeah, thanks everyone for listening. Uh, as always, get in touch with us on Twitter at TF Weekly Pod and on the True Faith. Um, what's it called? Facebook page. Yeah, we'll be back on Friday with a radio show. Probably a bit giddy at the prospect of a another win. Um, and then we'll be back with another podcast on Monday after the inevitable defeat away Tottenham. Cheers! Thanks for
3: listening. <laughs>